Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Park Scope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. Man, it feels great. I'm in my apartment again. I'm holding onto my desk right now. I'm looking at my walls full of things. And I'm, I'm touching my Fisai, like, paddle right now. Everything's great. Oh, man, it's good to be home. Joining me tonight is Alan. Alan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm on my couch, which is nice. The cats are angry with each other about something. And, uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully they won't make too much noise during the recording tonight. That's Shout out to the cats. Shout out to the cats. Shout out to the cats. Also joining us tonight on the road, because, I mean... Someone has to be on the road nowadays, I guess, or something. I'm not really sure. Is Alex? Alex, how are yeah, you doing? Good. I think that's our new thing, right? On the road podcasts. Yeah, that's our new shtick. That's literally yeah, our yeah. shtick now. Um, yeah. So, how's the weather in uh, Virginia going? Because I know they had to delay Media Day for Twisted Timbers. They did. I also got stuck getting home, but we'll get to that later. Um, uh, it's, it's cold. It, it was in like the, when we woke up this morning, it was like 28 degrees and we're like, Oh crap. <laughs> but it, it weren't up to like 50 something degrees. So it was nice. Good. So as we've been starting recently, uh, for all of our podcasts, everyone, we have an XFL minute update. Yes, that's right. We have an update on the XFL. XFL Minute Update. Um, from Deadspin.com comes a story. Uh, why is Charlie Ebersole launching a direct rival to his buddy Vince McMahon's XFL? Uh, the story says, The most delightfully stupid sports story of 2018 is still extremely stupid, but it got, just got a lot more complicated. This man's nascent MAGA-adjacent XFL revival was first reported back in December, formally announced in January, and seemingly set up for a February 2020 launch. It now has to deal with more competition. That would be the Alliance of America Football, AAF, announced Tuesday at a press conference streamed on Facebook Live, which is stated to launch a year earlier. Uh, where this gets particularly interesting is that the AAF was founded by Charlie Ebersole, who is, among other things, the director of ESPN's 30 for 30 documentary about the original XFL. Um, he's the son of the original XFL partner, Dick Ebersole, uh, who, uh, who will serve as advisor to the Alliance. Where things get even more interesting is that basically every one of AAF's promised new features echoes those mentioned during the XFL revival announcement. Teams only owned by the league? Check. Quicker games? Check. Rule changes to make the game safer? Check. Official league sanctioned online fantasy play? Check. So, um, that's our XFL update. So now we get we have two competing crappy football leagues. Exactly. Oh man, this is just what some, just what we needed. So excited. Yeah, so that's kind of where we are, and that's our XFL Minute. That's patent pending, trademark reserved. So, 
Let's start off real quick. Uh, we have a few things lined up for tonight, but our first thing, and our most important thing, definitely, is that Alex went to today's Twisted Timbers media event. Yes, I did. Uh, so do you want to... How did How did the media event go, slash, how's Twisted Timbers? Well, let me just say right away, the food was great. The spread was amazing. They pulled out all the stops for the food. And that, that's what you want from a media day, right? All the gravy you can eat. Yes, yes. Anyways, all joking aside, but actually it really was good. Um, Twisted Timbers. Uh, by 10th RMC, so I, I, I have a pretty good opinion on these things. Um, I'd say let's go with it's middle of the road. Okay. Um, and I mean, granted, it was a very cold day, so I, I feel like it's it's going to warm up. It's going to speed up a little bit. But it did feel like I had a suspicion that this might happen with Cedar Fair because they seem to place things a little bit safer than Six Flags with intensity and all that stuff other than, in, well, Intimidator 305. I take that out of the equation. But it feels like the airtime is still as strong as the other RMCs, but it's not as abrupt as the RMCs. You're not being thrown around like a rag doll as much, which I, I, I kind of am okay with. But it seemed like some people's opinions on the internet uh, are opposite of that. So uh, is it that is it that they have like less lateral forces with the airtime and more just like straight hills with it? So you do, you know, this is a former hurler, and you, you, you do a barrel roll that feels, off the first drop, that feels more or less identical to the Storm Chaser. Um, I, I mean, I, I couldn't really tell you the difference, other than the fact that it went the other way. It goes right instead of left. Um, but then after the overbank, first overbank, where the first turning around used to be, it's, it's literally like four hills of airtime in a row with no banks on the top, just straight airtime hills. And that's a pretty awesome section. And then it has at the far end, that's like closest to Grizzly. It has an element that reminds me closest of like Dragonfire at Bush Gardens that where it was like a half corkscrew. And then instead of rotating all the way through the corkscrew, it rotates out. The it's like the cutback or whatever they called it. Yeah, was it called a cutback, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, Space Mountain 2 has one, and I think Vekoma calls it a tongue inversion or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then it has a bunch of twisted, like, like banked hills with airtime. And then the section that goes, the, I think, like, the craziest, and we both agreed that the craziest section was uh, the portion where you kind of cross underneath the lift hill. Um it just does a really quick bank to, uh, you know, it does that um, reverse bank and it just twists. It starts going the right way through the bank and then it twists the other way, like extremely fast. And it's just a really thrilling element. And then, uh, then you go through another barrel roll, a very slow one, very similar to a wicked, uh, wicked uh, cyclones uh, barrel rolls. And then it does like two little overbanked uh, turns for the last turn around and another airtime hill. It, it's a solid ride. I mean, 
I don't have anything to complain about it. I really enjoyed it. So. So like you were saying, like middle of the road for RMC, like uh, give, yeah, me, I, give me your ranking, like. It, it, I mean, it's RMCs are so hard to rank because they're so all of them are so good. So it's like you keep putting them in your mind of like, well, is this one a little better? I'm not sure. Like they're just so all so good. It, it's like I don't know. Um, it's better than I'm gonna say. It's probably better than Goliath at, at Great America, right? Yeah, it's better than Goliath than Storm Chaser. Uh, uh, and then it starts to get tough because it's like, okay, Joker. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like if I say it's better than another ride that someone like, if, it, like I'm afraid to say this. I I, I like it more than Lightning Rod. Um, really. I, I never have experienced Lightning Rod with its full speed. I've only experienced it when they toned it down. So keep that in mind. Um, it's a good ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this. Is, I think that's probably like the toughest thing about RMC is like now there's like what twelve or thirteen of them worldwide. Uh, I know there's ten in the United States because I've ridden them all. So. And then there's the one in Mexico and the one in Sweden. So that's twelve. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So they can't all be top ten rides just de facto because there's just <laughs> just too many of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a number greater than ten. I I, I think, uh, you know, they're all like, as as Joe would say, they're all good rides, Brent. <laughs> they're all. Yeah. Good yeah. Rides. I, I think I'd probably. I think I probably like Intimidator just a tad bit more, but it, I don't know. They're just so just there's so much there's so different rides. It's hard to really compare the two. Did they have any of the wood coasters open for the media day? Because I know they opened a bunch of stuff up. Uh, no, they they only opened uh, Apple's Apple. And, AKA uh, Ricochet. I'm. Yeah, <laughs> Apple's Apple, man. It's it's the whole it's the new rage, man. Apple's Apple. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like the name because it's kind of silly. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, then they had uh, they had the this new store open, and then they, I guess they had the Eiffel Tower open. So, but uh, we never ventured over there. So, and then we tried to go on the Eiffel Tower later this evening, and it was closed. As long with and drop the tower as well. But uh, do you have any questions? You first, Joe. I, I mean, so what have they done to the uh, area around uh, Hurler? Like, have they installed any theming? What's Not- going on with the show building, especially the load area, which used to have the like couch and television set area? <laughs> I'm kind of wondering what's uh, going on there. All right, so, um, well, I mean, the area around it, they really haven't changed all. I mean, like. Leading up to the area around it, they haven't really changed much. They ripped out all the asphalt and put pavers down, so that looks nice. Um, uh, there's a uh, like, there's a bunch of theming. Um, so the photo on Ryan, the photo booth, uh, like they put like a truck in front of it, like a truck cab in front of the photo booth, and kind of made it look like the the photo booth was like the the uh, the loading area, you know, like where you would store like apples. Because it's mm-hmm. like all themed to the orchard and all that stuff. Um, Hanover Orchard, which is, it gets its name from. Yeah, Hanover County. Over. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying it like uh, I I live there, so. (laughs) Oh, okay. I I, I actually didn't make that response. I didn't actually make that connection until just now when we were driving down the highway and said, oh, leaving Hanover County. I'm like, oh, (laughs) that's where they got that from. I I lived in Henrico for a while, so Hanover and Henrico, so yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, They got this, like, tree that's like this, you know, it's like fiberglass tree that's got, like, this twisted steel all throughout the branches. And then there's, like, I don't know, it kind of makes it look like a tornado came through the place kind of theme. Because uh, they got this, they got this, like, right when you go up the station, they have this this tractor that's perched up uh, on a steel beam that you walk under. I don't know, they have, like, a, another area where it's weird but kind of cool at the same time it's because it's you know cedar fair when they put some effort to into theming it's like oh look it's cedar fair they're trying theming <laughs> how cute did they do anything with apple's apple other than change the name and maybe paint it or something no they just gave it a really nice paint job and a new sign yeah it's something yeah so it's still ricochet a- i love ricochet yeah it's still ricochet to you joe <laughs> it's great it's good it's good i like ricochet what can i say It'd always be ricochet. You know what? I, I, I like Apple's Apple, but you know what? It's still Rebel Yell to me, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> It'll always be MGM to me. <laughs> I still call it MGM. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Never God. Get over it. It's too late. I still write PKI, too, so what do I know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I can ask about the coaster. Um... I already know, like, the answer to this, like, do you want to see them do the exact same thing to the one at Carowinds, or do you want to see them do something different? The uh, only thing that would suck for Carowinds is they won't have a wood coaster. Yeah. Well, an adult wood coaster. Um, but, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, Hurler, Hurler was an awesome ride when it opened. It, it was a great ride. I mean, it had airtime on every hill. And then they put a trim brake at the bottom of the first drop and made it into a slow, boring, rough ride. So, you know, uh, yeah, it'd be great for them to do it. I, I hope they would maybe make a little bit of changes so it's not a completely identical ride. But, you know, it, it would make sense financial costs. If it's the same exact ride, why would you pay for the engineering twice to do something different? Is there anything about the layout that you wish they changed on this ride? Like, if they do decide... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a little hump at the bottom of the first drop that doesn't really do much. Just, like, eliminate that and go straight into the to the turn? And then coming out of the first overbank, it also has a little hump that doesn't really do much. And then right before the cutback, it has a little, like, double dip almost coming down from the previous hill. And that doesn't really do much. So, again, it was running kind of cold. So, you know, I definitely need a ride um, when it gets uh, warmer. It's got poly wheels, right? Yes, it does. And it has the new chassis. Um, it has, like, double the amount of wheels. And I didn't really get a good enough look at it. Uh, they said it was... I, 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 uh, they say they uh, they steer instead of being like a wood coaster setup where the the, the road wheel the running wheel um, just stays fixed. So 
I guess that's what they changed to, but I don't know. I didn't really get, I was never in line for it. So where I could see it really like going around the course to get really nerdy. But, uh, train wise there, I mean, they changed the lap bar design a little bit. Um, but it, it, it's different, but the same, uh, they changed like where it attaches to where it pivots, but they didn't really change the, the lap bar design at all. They just changed the way they connect it to the, and that, and that change might just be because of the different chassis underneath, if I were to guess. So mm-hmm. I've only seen, I, I, again, like I've only been on new Texas, uh, giant and outlaw run, but they have shin restraints now on twisted timbers, right? Right, and yeah, I mean, our, all our RMCs have those, and those are the same shin restraints uh, that Outlaw Run now has. They had a different design they did? this year that was, oh yeah, and it was it was so painful. Oh my god, it was terrible. Alan, does did Outlaw Run have shin restraints? I don't remember. Um, I don't recall it. They probably did, and I just don't remember them now. Yeah, I mean, they're so comfortable that you don't really notice them. Okay. So, except for the first year when they were terrible, and hurt you <laughs> okay fair point yeah they're a good design so you know there you go they're pretty trains with the um you know truck theme on the front nose and uh uh the paint the paint colors look like uh, man i'd love to see a comparison but they the uh green and blue look almost identical to mystic timbers Mm-hmm. so I wonder if they actually did a paint job on those or if it's a wrap. Um, wrap on Mystic Timbers? I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like it might be. I need to like look at it closely one of these days. You know. I, I, I remember touching it, but I forget because I was like interested in this paint job because it looked really elaborate and rusty and all that stuff. And I, I feel like I remember thinking that it was legit, but who knows? Yeah, now I need to now I need to go back to Kings Highland this year just to touch the train. Oh. I, I think that was a paint job, but yeah. And they gave it, uh, and they gave it like a distressed look to the paint job, so it doesn't look all shiny and neat because like all the vehicles in the queue and all that are all rusty and stuff like that. So, so yeah. All right. Good final uh, verdict on uh, Twisted Timbers. It sounds like. I, eight out of ten. All right, all right. I mean, I think it's, you know, this is not like... So, it might be their smallest, yeah. actually, because, what, Georgia Cyclone's at least this bigger, bigger. Uh, the only thing I like Georgia Cyclone, like, although, I gotta say, those both those recent construction pictures of the wave turn look, I, look amazing. Um, but they just shorten that layout so much, it's a little disappointing, but... If it's a good ride and it's short, then okay, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty much what I go with. But um, then you look at Goliath and it's like, what? Yeah, Goliath is kind of like way too short. I mean, when you only have like five. <laughs> that it's short, it just doesn't have many elements to it. Yeah, it's it's tall, and but then you're it's over before anything really happens. I, I don't know. It's it's it not a bad have, ride, but it's it not. It doesn't have quirkiness that the conversions have. Yeah, it's it, not only that. Like it's built, like it's built on the really complex. We're well, not complex, but really compact space. You know, between right. the train, it uses the old station from Iron Wolf. 
like I get all that stuff. I don't know. It's just it's not my favorite ride. It, yeah. It's good though, but yeah, yeah. Everyone has to like apologize. Like, no, no, no. I didn't say the Rocky Mountain Coaster was bad. <laughs> just saying it was as good as the other one that I rode that one time. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, so so this kind of leads into something that Joe and I had discussed on the trip as it relates to Rocky Mountain Coasters, which is that we believe it's time to to basically start a campaign. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's time to RMC one specific ride, uh, one important ride. I think it's time to do it. Yeah, uh, we sh- should we do if, our campaign now? Yeah, if if they did it, I will not say anything <laughs> bad about this company for at least five years. And I would have no reason to because they would have an RMC, a really good RMC. And naturally, I'm talking about RMCing Big Thunder Mountain. It's time. It's time. The at, Disney, at Disney World, specifically. At Dis- yeah, at Disney World. Specifically Disney World. Just do it. Let's do it. It's so, be amazing. So my thought on that is like, hey, imagine if they had that lift hill, like that first lift hill on Big Thunder Mountain, and it goes 100 feet in the air, like an, like a shorter RMC, and just like a straight down dive into the rest of the other elements with overbank turns and everything. Maybe there's like a crazy you know, overbanked, crazy RMC turn into, like, the uh, a, a version, a crazy whacked-out version of the mine train uh, that's fl- uh, city that's flooded that's currently there. Imagine if they have the outwards-facing uh, bank turn like they have on Steel Vengeance. Imagine that over uh, the Rivers of America. Um, imagine if they had a, a corkscrew going through the uh, the rib cage of the Tyrannosaurus Rex in Big Thunder Mountain. I'm just saying, there's a lot of good things they could do, and it'd be pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, a zero G roll over the top of the train. Yeah, as it passes <laughs> underneath. I mean, look, just just do it. You know what? Just go. They're, they've obviously are willing to build roller coasters at Disney, so instead of like piddling away with building like the Vacoma version of time traveler and putting it inside a box. Like apparently that's what guardians of the galaxy is going to be. Um, do the real thing buy an RMC, put it on big thunder mountain and that's it. Then, then literally all I'll do is I'll go to magic kingdom and ride big thunder mountain extreme or whatever they call it all day, every day for like an entire week. And I'll be okay with my name is uh, Big Thunder Mountain Aftershock. That's my name for it. But hey, Alex, whatever. Alex, what do you think of the idea? Is it April first right now? <laughs> no. no, this is just we're just starting. We're just starting the campaign. This is okay. this is the, this is day one. I I don't even know how to react to this. <laughs> it's time, man. It's time. This is okay. what the world wants, dude. Imagine, imagine if it, it had like a launch lift hill. It was basically like Maverick to start, and then it got like two more launches. Like, how would that be bad? It would be amazing. I don't, I don't know. I feel like this is wild internet rumors. Oh no! We're, there's there's absolutely yeah. no substantiation. No, this is not happening. But we want it to happen, and that's why we're going to push it. Like, like you have to like you you have to will things into existence sometimes. 
into existence. We are going to make this app. We want like okay. everybody just needs to agree online that the right thing to do with with Big Thunder Mountain is to RMC it. And then what happens is you get groupthink, and then the people that you know are from Disney's Imagineering that are on Twitter or whatever will see that the groupthink and think like, "Wow, what about RMC? What if we did RMC Big Thunder Mountain?" So this is not like a tomorrow or next week thing. Like this is a long-term project. But in the end, you know, good will prevail over evil, and I think we can get this done. I think we can have RMC Big Thunder Mountain. Our goal is to create the best coaster in Orlando. It doesn't okay. have to be the tallest. It doesn't have to be the fastest. It just needs to be the most insane. <laughs> and there's there's nobody else who can do it. So yeah. why not? Then, then there's a stakes to a point where it's either unsustainable or you just get even crazier stuff built. Because then what do you do if you're universal? Do you have them build, like, Voyage 2.0? Right, like, what do you what do you do to beat that? What do you do to beat RMC Big Thunder Mountain? That's a that's a tough question. All of a sudden, you got you got to figure out an answer, and there's not any standard answer except build your own RMC or build a crazy gravity group ride. So that's it. That's 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 our solution to everything. You gotta start somewhere. Gotta start sometime. So that's what I'm saying. RMC, Big Thunder Mountain. But anyways, uh, should we move on to the news, Joe? Uh, any last any last thoughts, Alex, on our crazy batshit idea that we talked about an hour for driving between like Memphis and wherever <laughs> on our road trip last week? Like Missouri? <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I'm speechless. It's a great idea. I mean, it's a really okay. good idea. Like, if you think okay. about it, you're like, okay... Big Thunder Mountain, okay, whatever, whatever. And then you're like, wait, every single RMC, most of the RMCs that have been designed and built have a country western theme to it or an outlaw theme or whatever. Okay. Then you're like, why? Well, it's all crazy and outlandish and wooden. And then you're like, okay, why? And then you're like, well, we can just do that to Big Thunder Mountain, but why? And you're like, okay, so Big Thunder Mountain has another earthquake. And all the track goes crazy. And now we're talking about some real crazy stuff. Like, the track goes beyond, like, the berm. It, it's everywhere. And just, it's going to be nuts. And I think, I think it would work. And it would, and, and, the, and the most exciting part about it, from my angle and Alan's angle, is it makes us excited to go back to the Magic Kingdom. Way more than a Tron motorbike coaster. It just seems like this great idea of just, like, looking at Big Thunder Mountain... And just seeing this train crest over this 100-foot lift hill and just, like, go vertically down just a little bit. Like, not a huge one, like a Maverick lift hill, but just enough. And to see them do that crazy overbank turn where it's on the outside over the water and all sorts of stuff and just be like, yeah, we need to do that. And that's what makes me excited. (laughs) People People would wild out about that ride the way they do about, like, uh, Tower of Terror, like how they're like Tower of Terror is the biggest drop tower in the world type stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And you know it's like objectively wrong, but you just go with it anyways because you know they're they're just normal people. Like that's the way they would be with like RMC Big Thunder Mountain. Is people would be like, this is like the ultimate like thrill ride. It'd be like, yeah, sure, like maybe not, but like 
least it's in the discussion. Like, it's really good. It's a really good idea. I mean, it's it's, idea. I mean, it's better than saying that Everest is a world class roller coaster. So, you know, <laughs> Alex is just stunned. He's stunned. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But is it a good idea? Would you say it's a good idea, or would you say it's a terrible bad idea? And Alan and I should be ostracized from the community. Uh, don't let Disney fans hear it. Well, they don't listen to this uh, the show anyway, so. Yeah, there you go. Whatever. I'm, not <laughs> on this. I'm just saying they can keep Big Thunder at Disneyland. They'll keep Big Thunder at Paris. They'll keep Big Thunder at uh, in Tokyo. In Tokyo. But change our Big Thunder up. This is something crazy. This is something weird. It's very weird. So, anyway. They can keep country big. They got, got like, Country Bear Show. They got... Oh, God, that thing is terrible. (laughs) No love for Country Bear Show. They'll bring back the old Country Bear Show before they neutered it. God. That thing is scary. Like, I don't know, man. That thing was just, like... Oh, when I see those bears walking around, I just feel like they have... It just looks so worn out, and this looks like they—they just feel like they. Oh, looks like they've been on a bender for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Alex, my aunt made me a big owl uh, lamp when I was young, okay. so I had a lamp that was Big Al singing. <coughs> Excuse me. So, like, that's where I'm working from right now. So, um, but big yeah. Al- nihilistic theme park character of all time yeah no really there's blood everywhere especially blood on the saddle so can play disney he still does it every day anyways we should do news yes we should do some news alex you got anything else sorry nope not really we went to preview night you want me to say anything about that yeah Sure. sure Uh, we had a good night. We got on every single coaster, except for the, the kitty coaster, because, you know, we already got the credit, so whatever. Uh, we, uh, got on, we, we went, uh, straight over Volcano and decided to skip Mystic Timbers. Oh, I just said Mystic Timbers, didn't I? <laughs> Twisted <we> Timbers. <laughs> I've been doing that all day. Um... Volcano's awesome. Did Avalanche, that's awesome. Tim Mater's doing Have you great. ever done Volcano, uh, by the way? Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Just making sure, like, you've done Volcano before, so you know Volcano. So good, okay. Yeah, I've done it hundreds of times. Okay, good. So. Yeah, we got our last ride, but we felt like we were going to dang near roll back, so that was pretty awesome. We really were held up on upside down for, like, a prolonged period, so that was pretty cool. I have gotten a roll back, and it's pretty damn cool. But it was not to be tonight. Um, it, it did Woodstock Express, and that thing is awesome. Hey, Alex, can you lean closer to your mic? Yep. Sure. There right. we go. Better, much better. You're kind of getting, you're fading a little bit on us, so. Okay. When so I was this close on the other program, it was, like, blown out. Nope, you're good now. Uh, so what about Woodstock Express? We got, like, ejector air. It was pretty, it was pretty like, <laughs> extreme. So basically, Woodstock Express was the RMC of your trip. <laughs> well, my girlfriend made a joke that we should uh, 
they should RMC that next. <laughs> <laughs> RMC all the coasters. It's the only yeah, system. yeah. And then uh, we finished the night out. The only, only problem we had was they were running trains, only one train on everything that should have been running one train. Or two trains. Like, down there, two trains that didn't need it. Uh, Intimidator, you know. It, all the wood coasters were running one train, which was kind of annoying. But, um, and we finished the night out on Grizzly, because Grizzly has awesome night rides. So. How's Grizzly running right now? It's running pretty good. It's a little rough. It's a little rough, but, uh, I mean, it, it's still bad out of hell at night. And the tunnel is the loudest ever. And <laughs> that final turnaround, just the laterals in that final turnaround are superb. So it's a great ride. I think it's underrated. So then we went over to the Mr. Timbers and we saw Mr. Timbers! Uh, Twisted Timbers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So many timbers. <laughs> and then so many twisted stuff, too. Twisted clauses, twisted timbers, twisted so, cyclone. So basically you know. what I'm saying is the theme song for today's episode will be uh, Calling Timber by, uh, All right. what's his face? So we're going to make sure that's going to be playing. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, they were running, um, for some reason tonight at Preview Net, they're only running one train on twisted timbers. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do anything. We only rode during media day or media morning. Yeah, we got seven rides on it. So we were pretty, you know. Oh, blessed. only seven rides. Ooh. Yeah, no, we were pretty blessed. So we were, <laughs> we were good. <laughs> As opposed to the one ride we got on Time tar- tra- uh, time Traveler. Yeah, I yeah. Know, that sucks. <laughs> if you know it, like nobody got tons of rides on it. Like I, I know uh, I emailed Alvy. And I think he got like three rides for the whole weekend. I think so. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's just you know, it, when things don't run at all, pretty much, or they're broken half the time, it's pretty tough to get you know repeated rides. And um, at this point, I'm not really surprised that that Twisted Timbers is a little bit more, um, a little bit more reliable than the you know kind of prototypeish ride that they got over at Silver Dollar City. Um, you know, they, they should be able to work these things out by now. Like, they, they know what they're doing, you'd hope. Yeah, it broke down one time during media day, and then, but it was it was short. Plus, you know, everyone was there, all RMC and uh, the controls, the control people. Uh, what's it? Irvine Andre, engineer? Yeah, Irvine Andre, yeah. Uh, oh, and they were, like, really anal about hats. Like, even if you, like, have a zippered pocket they're like no put it in a locker hmm so okay yeah. Interesting. And, you know it's cold so everyone had winter hats and yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so everyone really was frozen at least with their heads but and, uh, they had like uh steel railings and everyone was just putting them on the steel railings around right near the entrance of the ride <laughs> like like from that so but uh, yeah, it was it was good preview night. Uh, just capacity was a little lacking on some stuff. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, shit happens, right? Yeah, yeah, we had a good night regardless. So it was fun. Good. Gl- glad to hear it. Um, I'm gonna uh, try to get to Kings Dominion as soon as possible because I haven't been since I like graduated high school in like 2005. 
Uh, I was there last when Hypersonic was still there. I was not there since they added uh, Batman uh, from Geauga Lake or Six Flags World of Adventure to the park yet, or whatever they call it now. Really? Yes, yeah, so, that's that's a long time ago. Yes, yes, exactly it is. So I've not been back there. Um I've not been there since they added uh Italian job uh slash stunt coaster. That was uh still when they had the uh the um the uh flume there, the Congo River Rapids ride. So um yeah. yeah, it's been a while, so I need to get out there, uh possibly yeah. this spring. So I'm I'm excited to go to King's Dominion. And plus, I mean, Intimidator and this and everything else. I'm super excited. Oh, the singing mushrooms. Yeah, Yeah, I've never seen them. Let's do it. (laughs) Cool. Um, Uh, Anyways. Yes. So um, let's start off. uh, Let's go... Let's go into the news, as they would say on Top Gear. Um... A little bit of weird slash bad news. I don't know what, how to read this quite yet. I'm going to throw this to Alan once I talk to him. But um, Tyler Austin Miles, 29, uh, the op- former operations director of Schlitterbahn Water Parks and Resort, uh, was arrested and charged with involuntary man- manslaughter in the death of the 10-year-old boy uh, who was decapitated on the uh, Verkrut. I think yeah. that's how you pronounce it. Uh, water slide, the 17-story water slide at uh, Kansas City, Kansas uh, Schlitterbahn. Um, this happened in 2016. Um, this is just 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 broke. Um, like I've seen, like uh, they had the uh, the photo from when they arrested him and everything. And this is all incredibly weird. He's held on fifty thousand dollar bail. Um, a trial is scheduled for September 10th. Um, I, I, I don't know where to begin with, with this because it's all kind of crazy. My initial gut reaction is, Hey, this is way more than one person, uh, fault, but I can't speak because again, I'm, um, an experience with this situation. So, um, Alan and Alex, what are your thoughts on this? You want to go first, Alex? Sure. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's kind of weird that it's being um, singled out to one person, especially when it's not involving the manufacturer at all. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the manufacturer is Schlitterbahn, so I think that may be part oh. of it. Oh shit. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they 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 designed it and built it in house. So. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I- I, I don't know. I mean, it was a tragic, tragic event, and but manslaughter. <laughs> wow. I mean, we can all attribute it to who the the father of the son was. That probably helps a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that no, yeah. probably does. Probably does. Yeah. What What is it? Like Kansas City or the what Kansas? He was a he was in the Kansas uh, House of Representatives, so he was basically a congressman. Yeah, yeah. I, I here's my take on it: is that I think um, you know there's a natural inclination I think from people in the hobby to defend parks, 
And this is not a civil trial. This is a, a criminal trial. Um, generally, you do not chase a criminal trial if you are a, a city or state prosecutor. And I believe it's – I think this may be – I don't know if it's county or state that's that's prosecuting this. But in any case, prosecutors don't tend to attempt to prosecute cases they can't win. Um I think a lot of people are kind of going with the basis of, well, he can't possibly be guilty because there's all these other people that are involved. Um, there's sort of two aspects to that. The first one is that, you know, as the operations manager, it's his job to essentially operate, make sure that the rides in the park are operating in a safe manner. Um, you know, he may not necessarily have a maintenance background. He may not have designed the ride, but still it's, it's ultimately his discretion as to whether or not attractions are open or closed, right? I mean, that's that's the reality of it. And I look at this kind of similarly to uh, somebody who's, you know, like a research administrator in what I do. If I have a faculty member that wants to purchase something that they should not be purchasing with federal funds or that they want to uh, do something with federal funds they should not be doing, which is illegal, and... I, as the research administrator, allow them to do so and process the paperwork. Even though it's not me that's that's really benefiting from this, or you know, it's not me that's in the position of power, because I'm the administrator that puts through the paperwork, I actually end up taking responsibility for it, and I would go to jail. That's the reality of it. Um, and, and that's, I think, somewhat the same thing with what happens with the operations manager. Yeah, he didn't build the ride, but it doesn't really matter because when you get down to it from the criminal case perspective, there's prosecutor's office believe that they have sufficient evidence that shows that he knowingly operated the attraction, even though it may have posed a threat to the to the public. Because there's more than one charge. There's more than just the involuntary manslaughter charge. There's also uh, various endangerment charges as well, which seem to suggest that uh, they were looking at past incidents that were reported um, and that they may be prosecuting on that basis as well. So my guess is that they, you know, I don't know how they would have gotten that evidence. It may have been leaked to them by somebody who was a current or former employee. It may have come out during... Um, the discovery period during the civil trial from the family when they sued. But in any case, you know, it's not to say that, that he isn't innocent. He is certainly allowed, you know, a trial. Uh, and, and, and However, it is worth pointing out, again, prosecutors do not typically take on cases which they are going to lose. And the fact that he's only the operations manager does not necessarily prevent him from being prosecuted for the ride's operation. That's just that's just the reality of it. Um, now, whether or not there are other people that end up getting prosecuted down the line, you know, you also have to consider that aspect. You know, they've charged him with a crime. Um, he may be able to cut a plea deal by, you know, basically ratting out other people uh, as part of the investigation. And you may not just see one guy end up getting arrested and charged or convicted with crimes. But you may see two, three, five, ten. So, you know, this is this may actually just be the beginning of, of a long investigations and criminal trials. So it's like a, uh, it's basically a, um, 
sort of a uh, Manafort situation right now, right? Exactly. Yeah, if you think about it like that, if you think about the same way that you know people are looking at what's going on with the Mo- the Mueller investigation of, of Trump, and you know, well, he'll get this guy, and and they have a, they have a plea plea deal, so they're going to wrap people out, so more people end up going down. Um, you know, same exact thing, same exact thing, uh, and it, it happens often. I mean. You know, think of like any street level dealer that gets arrested in America. You know, the cops shake the guy down so they can find out, you know, who's supplying them. And then if they find out who's supplying them, you know, because those people rat them out, then they can find out, you know, where the shipments are coming from. Then they can they keep moving up the chain. Like that's pretty much how police work is done. So I think that's probably what's happening in this case as well. Um, you know, I feel bad for the guy, you know, because I'm sure, you know, he's not sitting there going like, Wow, I, I'm you know sure glad that the kid died on the ride that I was you know in charge of, but at the same time, you know does he actually share some responsibility in it? He might. Um, to what degree does he? I'm not sure. Um, but you know, like I said, it'll eventually come out in trial, and uh, I think I think the thing for people that are out there in the hobby to do is to not automatically run to the defense of everybody at Schlitterbahn and say that they have to be innocent because that's not true. And it's also ridiculous to run to the defense of Schlitterbahn and say, well, what about these other people? Why aren't they getting prosecuted? Because they might. Mm-hmm. So anyways, there's that. Uh, that's a terrible story. And uh, but, but you know what? It's going to have an effect later on, I think, with the rest of the theme park industry. Yeah. Because... Because, you know, when you have a death on a ride like that, you know, it's one thing to, to have the manufacturer and the park, you know, fight back and forth between each other and the family as to who's responsible. Um, but but this, I guess, is more so for, like, the likes of Universal or Disney because most people go to an independent uh, company to build their rides, you know. Most people contract out everything. And uh, for those folks who don't, and it's a very small list... It's like those basically those two players, and what like Knobles and and Lagoon sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for those for those bigger players, there's I think a greater deal of risk that they may be um, exposed to as a result of this, you know, in the future. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's there's a lot that can happen. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people watching to see what the uh, precedent set and see where it goes from here. But yeah, um, anything? Uh, any thoughts from you, Alex? Um, not really. <clears throat> uh, no. Okay. Well, well put, Alan. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely had a troubled history. Um, if you ever saw the documentary of it being built? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it launched. It launched a raft like what, like forty feet through the air. To <laughs> yeah, and you just saw that the looks on their faces, like, whoops, <laughs> 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 that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, it says oh, that, dude, so. There were God. there were thirteen other people who were injured while riding the water slide. Uh, so that's where the other endangerment charges come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, there were whistleblowers from within Schlitterbahn that told investigators that officials had covered up similar incidents in the past. Um, 
And uh, experts found physical evidence indicating that in the past, other rafts had gone airborne and collided with the overboat. Overhead hoops and netting. That's bad. Cool. And of course, the water slide was in compliance with... Yeah, that's really bad. Uh, it was in compliance with Kansas's legal requirements for amusement rides. Of course they were. Podcast, you, you may remember that Kansas did not have any regulations of amusement rides until last year. And that's why it was built there and not Texas, right? Exactly. Mm. You got mm. it. So, uh, so let's see. There Also, the indictment against Schlitterbahn and Miles also names two other executives who had a part in the design, uh, Jeff Henry and John Schooley. And uh, which, of course, they mentioned Jeff Henry, who is the designer, has no technical or engineering credentials, uh, but built it anyways. So, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is just my face, I'm leaning back in my chair with my, the, like my hand over my eyes right now, just like, oh god. So and, you know, this is, not, this is not a knocking. Like Jeff Henry, oh boy, who, uh, they're very experienced people in, in terms of building water slides. Like they're responsible for. Uh, the Master Blaster slides, you know, they, they created that, which was really a stroke of genius, you know, and and again, you know, uh, there's a lot of other people in the industry who don't necessarily have engineering backgrounds who built great things. Uh, we wouldn't have SNS drop towers uh, if that wasn't the case, because Stan Checkets does not have an engineering background of any sort of traditional, you know, uniform way, but... Yes, yes, non-traditional is Stan Chekets in a nutshell. <laughs> but, but the reality is that, you know, when you build a ride like this, especially one that you show in front of millions of people launching a raft off of it through the air to the ground uh, in what would have been a completely, at least more than likely very severe injuries if not fatal to everybody that would have been on the raft you know there's there's going to be some questions that come up later on um yeah there's a whole bunch of stuff that that basically is in the article and it looks bad but i'm not surprised because i've been saying that for a long time but mm-hmm. what do i know i, uh, I don't know uh, uh, that that's my thoughts right now yeah um Let's talk about well put, Joe. Yes, exactly. You know how eloquent I am, Alan. Alan, yeah. I'm 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 doing my whole entire hands on like as a, as a hammock, and I have my chin on it right now. Alan, how, what about your last trip before we did our road trip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, do we want to talk about donuts first, or do we want to talk about? That I mean, show? we can talk about donuts. Uh, reportedly, Let's talk about donuts real, quick. real quick. Voodoo Donuts is reportedly opening tomorrow at City Walking at Universal Orlando. I'm excited for donuts. I'm not going to be eating them for who knows how long, but I'm excited for donuts nonetheless. Donuts, they're really good. I, be- I, ha- I had those donuts. They're pretty good. Oh, that's right. You went to you had the Portland one, right? Uh, Eugene, Oregon. But, you know, yeah. same difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close enough. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, uh, I think that's a good addition. It's, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's a donut shop in a mall outside a theme park. But it's about the most excited I can possibly be for a donut shop. Yeah. In a mall outside a theme park. Yeah. It's, it's a much bigger news to me than, you know, Wawa opening over by SeaWorld. Like, this is... This has more. This has more um to it, I guess. Hey, uh, hey Wawa's pretty cool. Uh, Wawa is pretty cool. Wawa's great. Gonna... Hey, do you know where Wawa where it gets its name? 
No. It Wawa PA. There's a town named Wawa PA? Yep. Really? Yep. Huh. Yep. Shit. It's pretty close. It's like an hour away from where I live. Yeah. I learned something today. Man, the yep. more we know. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out Pennsylvania, because it uh, looks like I was going to go to Dollywood for Memorial Day weekend, but actually, like, the hotels are, like, just, I don't, they're unacceptably priced for what I want for Dollywood, so I'm just going to go to Knoebels instead. So. <laughs> oh, hey, guess what? News alert. Anytime you go through D.C., expect traffic. Oh, you're in traffic? You're Are you in the loop right now? We're getting to the loop. Oh, it's 11 great. o'clock at night, and you're in the loop. <laughs> so that's DC. Not that in the loop. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Andrew. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Oh, the loop is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> no, kidding. You should uh, see me and my girlfriend right behind Clint Novak on his reverse POV whenever he releases it. Did we you like, right flip him, him off constantly and just be like, oh, oh. guys. He, he had no beanie. <laughs> I guess the hat thing got got ruled out immediately. So, uh, but tonight when we were going by, they were waiting for like last rides. The beanie was out. Nice. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess I'll talk about my trip. Um, yeah, I've been talking about talking about the trip forever. Yeah, so I uh, went out to go see my dad before I started my new job at the University of Michigan. Uh, actually, it wasn't even booked to be my new job at the University of Michigan. It was around a sales job that I would have ended up taking. But then the University of Michigan hired me, so now I do this instead. And um, anyways, long story short, I ended up going out to see my dad. He lives out in the Phoenix area. And uh, you know, I was able to get him out of the house. Uh, when I arrived to Phoenix, uh, I realized that it was spring training which somehow had completely escaped me. So with him, we saw Dodgers, which was really cool. And uh, tickets, I think we paid $7 for a ticket to the game. And beers were $11. So I feel like they were kind of using something similar to the Six Flags business strategy. Um, But not really. Um, We also went to go see the... I think they're at the Arizona Coyotes. They were playing the Minnesota Wild. And that was a fun that was the first time my dad had ever seen a live NHL game. And live hockey is pretty much the best. And he had a great time, so that was good too. And then as far as park stuff, I ended up going to World Wildlife Zoo or Wildlife World Zoo, which whatever it's called. It's um, about fifteen minutes from where my dad lives, uh, in the Phoenix area. And I know Alex talked about it briefly on a proceeding he and i did but you know it's a zoo it's a zoo and they do have a pretty substantial number of amusement rides there's a uh there's a sky ride that's there there is a log flume which has like a big glass tunnel through the aquarium area of the zoo there's um there's like a tower swing like an arm tower swing ride kind of like uh, star flyer except smaller and it spins differently there was a set of flyers the thing about the place that i think is is well there's several things i find interesting about the place but primary among them is like you pay 40 dollars to get in to begin with it's like a 40 dollar gate which is pricey and then all of the rides 
are you pay for the rides at the location of the ride itself and you pay cash only and the rides are anywhere between like i think like three and six dollars i want to say um somebody out there can probably prove me wrong by going on the internet but um i basically went there on that friday of the trip and I went to go ride the coaster, and the coaster had gotten stuck leaving the station. It's a Chance <laughs> Junior coaster. So I left the zoo. I went and I got tacos, and then I called the zoo to see if the ride had reopened. They said no. And they informed me it wouldn't be open for the rest of the day. Uh, so I spent $40, I thought, for nothing. And then I, I basically went back to my dad's house and took a nap, and then I woke up at 3, called them again, and they said that the ride had opened. So I drove back to the zoo went back in and had to walk all the way to the back. So the zoo is kind of like in an L shape. And the coaster is at the very, very end of the property on the tall end of the L. So you have to walk through pretty much the entire zoo to get back to the coaster. And by the time I got back there, I was the only person in the back of the zoo. So I just like strolled up through this dust to the person that's operating the ride. It's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here for the coaster. And uh, the coaster is is definitely a ride. Um, it rolls. It coasts. It's It's got, like, the more modern chance track, kind of like what you would see on Lightning. Uh, was it Lightning Run? Is that what it is over at Kentucky Kingdom? Yes. Yeah, so it's got it's got more of that kind of track. But it still has like the old, um, the old like junior coasterish trains, like you would see on the Michigan's Adventure Kitty coaster, for instance. Like they're pretty much identical. It's the it's actually the Little Dipper, or not? I'm sorry, it's not the Little Dipper. That's not right. That's not right at all. Hold on, uh, Wildlife, Wildlife World. There it is. It's the Family Roller Coaster is what it's called. And uh, yeah, it's it's there. It's not bad. Um, you know, for a junior attraction, it's, it's fun. There's llamas that live under it and the tapirs are very nearby. And once everybody is gone, once all the school buses leave, uh, it's a lot better in the zoo in general. The only other thing that, that I did in the zoo, they also have a train and they have a safari ride that they just opened. Uh, it literally was like in soft opening when I was there, and I, it opened fully the day after I went to the zoo. And they have some new like African exhibits that are there. I would say I've been to the Phoenix Zoo also, and I think the Phoenix Zoo overall is nicer, probably because it's a nonprofit, uh, possibly even run by the city, and it's it basically is. It has like permanent infrastructure that's that's much more impressive. Like the buildings are better, the enclosures are less like chain link fence boxes that they have like birds and animals in, um, and more like open spaces and and you know maybe like a pit or something like that between you and the animal. Really, like only a couple of the animals had situations like that at this zoo. Like the bears had that, but like the lions, for instance, it was just like a big cage. Uh, I mean, they're decent-sized enclosures, but I, I would definitely say that Phoenix Zoo is is better overall. Um, 
but you know the one thing that this place has over the Phoenix Zoo is amusement attractions, and and definitely Phoenix Zoo can't beat it in terms of the rides that it has. But you know, it, it's a steep price to pay to go to the Wildlife World Zoo and get your credit. You know, you're looking at spending even if you get like a discount or like a you know forty two fifty when you're out the door to get one ride, and that's that's rough. That's that's a tough one to justify. Um, anyway, so I did that, and then um, my my visit away from my dad. So I usually go out there and I'll see him, and then I'll go travel somewhere else, kind of far off, uh, for a couple of days, and then come back. So what I did this time is I went to El Paso. I've never really spent any time in El Paso. I'm not sure I'd ever been in El Paso physically before. If I had, I was three, and um, it's about a six and a half hour drive from Phoenix. You pass through Tucson and then after Tucson there's nothing. Uh, I did see the thing. The thing is a mummy, uh, like a Native American mummy that is in a glass case. Interesting. And, yeah, it's in the it, like if you go online and you look about roadside attraction wiki because there's a lot of signs for the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that there's a uh, Bowen Travel Centers which is like like it's almost like a corporate ownership. In fact, it even has it's publicly owned is is Bowling Travel Centers. They've since uh, taken it over, and um, it I don't know. It's fine. It's there. Um, you, you stopped in. It was free. There used to be. There's a whole museum that goes with it that's being renovated, and the museum has like torture exhibits and uh, old cars including it has an old Rolls Royce that it says was Hitler's Rolls Royce. And then you would get to the thing at the end of it, but they just kind of moved it into the gift shop while they do the renovations. So that was strange. Um, once I got into the greater El Paso area, I stopped in fun or into Sunland Park, New Mexico, which is just over the border between Texas and New Mexico. And I went to Western Playland which is probably America's most remote amusement park. Okay. Uh, as far as like being far from every other park. Like th- if you look at the parks nearby list, there's Parque Barunda in Ciudad Juarez. Then there's a park in Chihuahua, Mexico called Diverdif. Neither one of them have rides of any like substantial nature. And then there's cliffs in Albuquerque, which is like four hours north. And um, that's it. There's like nothing else within about 400 miles of Western Playland. Um, Western Playland actually used to be in El Paso. And then the land that it was on top of was worth more than Western Playland. So it moved to Sunland Park. It's across the street from a horse racing track and casino location. And it has... A weird layout. It basically has this big loop, and in the middle of the loop is nothing. There's just empty space, and I don't know why. Uh, I'd actually really like to know why, because I feel like it's an obvious expansion area for them to use in the future. But uh, there's nothing there right now. Uh, the train just goes all the way way around the edge of the place. They have a few flat rides. They have some kitty rides. Um, they have like a they have a lot of Odie Hopkins stuff. 
Um, so like they have an Odie Hopkins sky ride and an Odie Hopkins, uh, like super splash type attraction, like a big flume. And then they have a mix of really random roller coasters. All of them are production models. Uh, but they're all like kind of interesting in their own way. So for instance, uh, one ride that they have there is the El Bandito, which is which was at the previous location as well. And El Bandito is a Z64 Cyclone, which is a pretty meaningless statement to most people, but that basically means it's the big Cyclone. Um, so if, uh, if, if you're the kind of person who, who knows about those, like for instance, the one that used to be at Del Grosso's and is now at the Sand Blaster in Daytona Beach is a Z64. So is the now defunct Big O, uh, which is a great name. Uh, that was a funplex, but it's, a, it's basically like a huge version of the Zyklon with really big drops and it's a fun ride. Um, it looked like that was kind of like the premier attraction. Like it built up the longest line that I saw there and it had like mag breaks or something. It looked like it had been outfitted, which I thought was really strange. Um, other than that at the park. There is the old hurricane coaster that used to belong to Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. That's there, uh, which is actually really similar, Joe, to the coaster that we rode, uh, the indoor coaster that's at Six Flags Over Texas. It's kind of like a mirror image of that, but then outdoors. Okay. So, and it's not as good. Like this, no. has, this has like shitty U-bars rather than the T-bars that were on the Texas one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the minor coaster, which is a miler junior coaster which exists and there is a spinning coaster which is an SBF visa spinning coaster because of course and you know basically other than that i did the drop tower that was there which was probably uh, god it was i don't even know who built it it was probably like a fabri drop tower and that was fine and the sky ride which uh, went over the basically the front edge of the the blocky squarish ovalish western playland and uh you know got some decent views of the ride and the mountains around the edge and all the rest of it and that was fine too um you know as far as like a, a destination park like in no way shape or form is western playland one uh i'd love to see them get something like a wood coaster or a you know, something, you know, maybe like a Gerslauer Infinity Coaster, like something to make, like jazz it up a little bit, like make it a little more interesting to me. Uh, but, you know, given where it is and given the number of people in like the greater area that, you know, that park services, um, they kind of don't need to really bother. I mean, there's literally 2.7 million people living in El Paso and Juarez combined. And this is all they have. Like, if they can get over the border, because a good number of those live in Mexico. So that and that and like three crappy kitty rides at, at some small park in Juarez that I didn't even bother to go to. Uh, but anyways, you know, El Paso itself is a place. Um, it's um, it's kind of like two cities in one. There's the city that, you know, is the actual city where, like, all the commerce and whatnot goes on about, which is kind of along the Rio Grande 
and is on one side of the mountains. And then like most of the people that live in El Paso, like a lot of those, a lot of those people live in the actual suburbs kind of along the mountain range as it goes up the Rio Grande or on the opposite side of the mountain, closer to where the military base is at. They have Fort Bliss out there. And it's, uh, it's, it's a decent, interesting place. I mean, it's, it's, I would say like the college, the area around Texas El Paso is really cool. University of Texas El Paso. Um, there's some nice park areas. I did not go to the zoo when I was there because I didn't have enough time for that specifically. Um, but really, like the best aspect about going to to El Paso is going to Juarez because Juarez is a freaking blast. And I had a great walking tour. Uh, so if you are interested in going to Juarez because you are not scared, which you should not be, uh, if you just go over to walking tour, JuarezWalkingTour.com, uh, that's the dude that uh, I went with, and he was awesome. We went to just the craziest spots. I was in this one uh, ranchera bar that, you know, like you could get a dance for eight pesos and they had uh you could get a bottle of brandy and four cokes on a in a bucket of ice for like 12 dollars us um i was drinking like moonshine sotol in a billiards hall i mean it was awesome um and i learned a lot about you know basically how things are, are going over on that side of the border in the border town you know how commerce works uh the relationship with the with you know People of authority and people with, uh, you know, made up authority and basically the common people that are just trying to scratch by and make a living. And uh, just so, so much. It's uh, Juarez is, is a really interesting and shockingly dynamic place. And uh, if you go there, you can also go see there's a movie theater right over the border now. And you can go see first run films in IMAX for like two twenty five. So how can you go wrong? Uh, Juarez is the best. And, uh, yeah, that's my opinion on Juarez. And then I ended up going back to Phoenix and then I flew home. Didn't really do much else in Phoenix this trip. You know, I, uh, I figured going to a baseball game and a hockey game and going to the wild, Wildlife World Zoo and eating random tacos was sufficient to, to meet my quota for real culture, whatever that may be. And, uh, yeah, it's good times. Sounds good. Uh... Anything else you want to add, Alex, to the show tonight? If he, if you're still with us, yeah, I'm there. Sorry, I was muted. No, uh, that's I, fine. I, I assumed you uh, were. I, that's why I'm trying to give you enough time to do that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed his talk while still in traffic. Oh, that's rough. Where are you in traffic right now, by the way? Uh, there's an accident about four miles. Ah, so shit. we had four miles of traffic. So. Oh, that's the worst. Sorry about that. Right at the interchange, basically. So, anyways, I, yeah, no one cares about my life right now. But uh, they want to know what I did. Uh, I was uh, still still jobless, so I went skiing for a few ten days. Uh, nice. Was fun. How how did those I, I uh, to, alpine coasters go? I managed to go ten days of skiing straight. It, I don't know how I did it. Ouch. And my legs were fine afterwards too, which is the crazy thing. Um, 
Alan couldn't ride a Segway yeah. for 20 minutes without thinking his legs were on fire, so I don't know how you could do that. <laughs> yeah, I did, like, uh, uh, for any skiers out there, I did 333,000 vertical. So uh, that's that means I dropped that amount. So that's pretty good. Anyways, uh, uh, did five alpine, four alpine coasters. Uh one at Vale Mountain, which is really short and twenty-five dollars, ridiculous uh, for how short it was. And in the middle of the course. Um, then did Copper Mountain, which is AG, uh, ADG, and uh, has some had some awesome airtime and like this one curve. Like I was barely back in my seat when it did the curve. It was awesome. Uh, went to Aspen Snowmass and did their Alpine Coaster, and it was blizzarding during that. So that was an uh, experience, uh, riding an Alpine Coaster in a blizzard. Uh, had awesome airtime. Uh, and the last one I did was Steamboats, which um, was really cool because the uh, I did night skiing there, and the ski lift was like pretty much right above the entire course. So I got really cool pictures of it, and uh, it also had really cool airtime, and uh, yeah. And then um, on my way home, uh, I got delayed two days because of the the storm going on, and uh, was pretty much done with skiing. So I decided to go to uh, Glenwood Caverns, and got to go on the haunted mine drop which is a drop tower that instead of going 120 feet up in the air they decide to blast and dig a hole 125 120 feet down um and this is uh built by soaring eagle uh you know does the zipline rides and uh the only restraint to this drop tower is uh two seatbelts one that's like your normal seatbelt that you know you can press to release and then one that has a locking mechanism on it and uh it has a pre-show uh with like a half silvered mirror effect and then uh it's in the dark so you don't even realize that the uh floor is being rolled away under your feet because um i mean uh, anyone that's uh Anyone that's less than six feet is not going to be able to touch the feet, uh, touch the ground. And then uh, the show ends, and then you just drop 120 feet. And I mean, it's kind of hard to judge how deep it is because you're in complete darkness as you drop. And then you, you have to sit at the bottom for a while because the uh, the catch car or the, the you know the car to winch you back up has to drop down. So then they do a little show at the bottom of the. Uh, the shaft and uh it smells like a mine shaft too down there it's uh it's got a funky smell hmm not bad but just funky yeah um, yeah yeah and then you uh as you're starting to lift it up all the lanterns line the uh shaft so you can see how deep it is and then if you look down those those lanterns stay lit the entire time you're being raised back oh, up wow. to the the loading station so if you That's look down cool. on your feet you'll actually see the hole lit up and it's, oh, it's wow. pretty freaking awesome so i did that also did uh you know it's they have a lot of amusement rides they have uh two uh well three roller coasters you count the alpine coaster as a coaster and then uh 
the two other coasters were closed for the winter, but um, also was able to do the Soaring Eagle zip line, which had, you know, those things aren't that thrilling, but wonderful view because uh, Gretelburn Caverns, you have to take a aerial tramway to get up there, and it's it's a thousand feet up on the side of a, uh, a mountain, a cliff almost, really. So the view from the top of the zip line is just gorgeous. Um, and then they have America's first Alpine coaster, built in 2005. Hmm. And uh, I'd ridden, I rode it the first year it opened, and uh, it, it's it's a really good one. It's it's a lot wilder, I'd say, than the ones they do these days. Uh, they have upgraded it with the uh, magnetic braking system that you know regulates how fast it, you get to a certain seed, speed, and uh, if you reach that, it starts regulating how fast you're going. But um, with other ones, more modern, where it really feels like it affects the speed, it it didn't really take away too much from it, and. It's a good system because if you get too close to a car in front of you, it, it applies magnetic brakes and prevents collisions. So, and that's but, uh, ADG, right? No, that's uh, what's it? Weegland. Weegland did that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was the first one in America. So, cool. Yeah, and then they have uh, two cave tours, which are pretty freaking awesome. So it's a it's a great park. It's beautiful, and, and the, the setting and everything like that. Um, you know, it's 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 out there though. It's from Denver Airport. It's like three hours, but from where um, where I'm st- where I stay, it's it's only an hour. So it was a fun little thing to do when I unexpectedly had um, two extra days in Colorado, and then. Uh, my connection brought me through Dallas, and I was walking through the airport, and what do I see? A Whataburger. Ah, yes. Man, I was just like, you know, this sucks, but now the world is all better. Everything happens for a reason. We got delayed for a reason, so I could get Whataburger again. Have you had Whataburger? Oh, so again. Okay, so you've had it. Oh, yeah. Anytime I pass through that air, you know, yeah, you know, because it's like it pretty much goes from like Arizona to Alabama. Mm-hmm. And anytime in that area, and I pass a Whataburger, oh yeah, I love it. And uh, okay, uh, can I make my opinion here? Yeah, sure. No, that's um, the, that's the point. <laughs> okay, uh, I, okay, I agree with you that if you go burger to burger, burger, that yes, 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 In and Out is better burger. But I I only actually finally tried the Whataburger last month. Uh, I always get the patty melt. And that thing is just, oh, so good. Uh, it's got onions and, uh, you know, two patty, two patties and uh, between two tech Onions you know, and all toast. that stuff. And, yeah. Onions, and, uh, yeah. And some kind of sauce that is just, oh, Swiss a little cheese. spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just so good. Um, and the fries are like, they're pretty much on par with McDonald's, which is, you know, not a bad thing, right? McDonald's yeah. Very good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think. That in and out, the weakness is the fries. Uh, I, yeah, definitely. But um, I, I just think when you go menu to menu, um, I think I like what a burger. I, I think that's fair. I'm I mean, with that, I think like they yeah. do more. Yeah. So. And you know, it's not to say that you know, it, it's just that you know, it's not to say McDonald's is bad. It's I mean, it's bad for you. That's definitely for sure. But they're all bad and, for you. <laughs> and, and Five Guys, Five Guys is great too. But Five Guys at some point just started to become 
stale to me because you can get it anywhere in the United States at this point, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. So when you go to Whataburger, Fatburger, or or In-N-Out, and all these other places, it, you're always somewhere on the other side of the country from where you live, and it's it's an experience. And even if it's been a few years, it still feels more special. And that's you know that's that's travel. That's that's experiencing different things in the world and or just the United States. So I think that's kind of the problem that Chipotle had is that they they kind of lost that specialness that it used to have, and then it became. Where did it origin from? Uh, it originally started in Denver. But then it started oh, okay. in a bunch of other lo- – like, it, it kind of went to, like, college campuses and stuff. So, like, one of the first locations in Ohio is uh, where I went to school at the University of Dayton and then in Columbus. And then it, like, slowly spread. And now, like, every city has, like, 20 of them. But, like, back in the day, it used to be, like, one here and there. So, like, that's the whole thing with Chipotle. It was, like, it used to be special and now it's not. And, and now is it yeah. is it owned by Moe's or Moe's bought Chipotle? No, nope, Chipotle is indi- no Chipotle is totally independently owned. Uh, I thought one bought one other. McDonald's okay, used to own a partial ownership in Chipotle, and then they sold it. Oh, okay. That's where that came yeah. from. But where? yeah, they're they're totally independent right now, and they're all um, owned independently. So I really I, like Moe's. Just saying. I, I mean, Moe's is fine, but like. I don't know. I mean, but that's the thing. Also, like, Moses everywhere. So it's like, everything's yeah. everywhere. So, like, when everything's everywhere, like, you can't be special. I mean, that's a thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still, like, I still say, like, like, America is ready for, like, a true street taco chain. Mm-hmm. And Taco Cabana, which we did not go to in Texas, is the spot, which one day will will expand outward. Just as as many others have in the past, and uh, and become part of like the national conversation. But I mean, I, there's no question about it. Like going places and, and having uh, you know whatever's around it, you know, specific to that area is always cool. I mean, I guess for for those of us that do like road trips, you know, like the appearance of In and Out is is very comforting. I still I still enjoy going to like. Because Waffle House is not something that is located in New England, where I grew up, and it's not in Michigan. So uh, for me to get to go to Waffle House is always like a special like thing that I know that I'm on a trip if I'm eating at Waffle House. And I don't care how mediocre Waffle House is supposed to be, according to some people. Like, it's always special to me, and I refuse mm-hmm. to realize. Waffle House is awesome. It's a, it's a good value. You always get your food fast and hot, and, and they, they're always nice and the food's always good. Like I've never had yeah, bad yeah. Waffle House, you know. Yeah, also our specials, but I go for all the time. Like I, I remember I ate there when I was in uh, Lexington, like three straight days. Because why not? Like it's there, you know. Like where else? Like you can. I'm sure I could get like, you know, some fancy cut bacon somewhere else for like twelve dollars. But like I'm totally. You know, there, there's yeah. one random location up in Allentown. Really? Yep. Yeah. Man. Yeah, and then there's a few down in Dover, Delaware. My best friend lives, lives there. Uh, he moved from Philadelphia down to Dover for work, and so we occasionally go there. So, but yeah, yeah no, I love Waffle House. So, well, and and the same goes like around here in the Midwest, like you know, going to Skyline Chili or Gold Star or oh yeah, yeah fair yeah. point. Uh, you know, Tudor's Biscuit House. Yeah, Tudor's Biscuit World. I mean, come Which on, we like, still, that's I like, still have oh, never I been to. I need to go to. 
okay. It's in Xenia. I finally, I finally had the Bojangles, finally. That, that stuff's good, too. Yeah, I gotta have Bojangles. Bojangles yeah. is fun. Got a chance to get to Zaxby's this time on this last trip, as, as everyone probably knows. But So, uh, to close out the episode, all I'll yeah. say is I have official word that Raising Cane's is coming to Kent, Ohio. And I feel like part of my work has been done with this podcast now that I brought it to my brothers <laughs> at Kent State University bringing Raising Cane's to Kent. So I'm very happy and I will be very full whenever I go to chapter. <laughs> I, I, the rides, uh, there is a, a hot rumor which appears to be very true that the the flyoplane from uh, Lake Winnie has been removed, huh. which leaves one existence at Quartz Mountain Fun Park and Waterslide in somewhere in Oklahoma. I forget where exactly, but it's far. Uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. So if you want to ride one of those things, like the predecessor to the uh, Gerstlauer, uh, whatever those things are called, where you have your the wings you can flap back and forth and make it spin, um, there's just one left. That's it. Uh, but thankfully, Gerstlauer has built something kind of like it for a more modern crowd so that we can still enjoy something along those lines. Um, but also, I don't know of anything that's coming to my area that's really good. I'm told that Buddy's Pizza is looking to go ahead and expand outside Detroit. I suppose, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I guess we'll end the episode now. Um, Alan, where can we find you on Twitter at? Gods on Safari on Twitter. There you go. Alex, besides randomly located in traffic outside of the DC loop, where can we find you at? Uh, Coaster Spotting on Twitter. Perfect. You can find all of our podcasts and various fun things at Parkscope on Twitter, parkscope.net online. Make sure... uh, I don't know. I, I think we're on Spotify. I'm not sure. Who knows? But, um... Leave us a review on iTunes. If not, um, go rate, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. Things, 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 things. You know. Um, so anyway, on behalf of Alex Allen, uh, we'll see you guys later. Kungaloosh. Love everybody. Hate everything.